Welcome to the Celebration Church podcast and thanks so much for tuning in. Celebration Church is one church in 10 locations across Southeast Louisiana. We are all about changing lives, homes, our city, and the world through Jesus Christ. We hope that you're both encouraged and challenged by today's message. Thanks again for joining us for our Christmas services here at Celebration Church. You're always welcome to join us for our in-person or our online services. I especially want to encourage you to join us in January as we begin our Transform Spiritual Growth Emphasis, uh, learning principles and practices that will help us make 2021 our best year ever. We'll tell you more about that at the end of today's service. Today I want to talk, think about the passage of Scripture we read earlier from Luke chapter 2. So we think about what Christmas is all about. Let me ask you a question as I find this passage of scripture. Uh, what's your favorite Christmas movie? What are some of your favorite Christmas movies? Growing up as a boy, my, my favorite Christmas movies were Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and The Little Drummer Boy and Miracle on 34th Street. Other people would say their favorite Christmas movies are Elf or uh, Home Alone or It's a Wonderful Life or Jingle All the Way or The Santa Claus or something like that. Some of you tough guys would say your favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard. And then some of you would say your favorite Christmas movies are movies like The Grinch or The Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm worried about people like you. There's another Christmas movie that a lot of people like called A Christmas Story. It's the story of a young boy named Ralphie and his family. You can see it all day long on Christmas Day on TBS. Now, some people call that movie The Christmas Story, but it's actually a Christmas story because The Christmas Story is a passage of Scripture we read earlier from Luke chapter 2. Again, I want to elaborate on that passage of Scripture for a few moments in today's sermon. Here's some things we learned from the real Christmas story, from the original Christmas story. To begin with, we learned that life is going to be filled with all kinds of hardships. Life's going to be filled with difficulties and challenges and all kinds of hardships. And many of you here who are part of this service have experienced a lot of hardship in 2020. And maybe the year started off good, but then the COVID pandemic came along. And, and maybe some of you who are uh, viewing this service, may, maybe you contracted the coronavirus, or maybe you had loved ones or friends who did, or maybe you even lost someone that you know to the coronavirus. And then there have been the financial problems and the loss of jobs and all kinds of things. What started out to be a good year has become one of the most difficult and challenging years of our lives. So oftentimes when we're faced with all kinds of hardship, we wonder, we moan and groan and complain, wonder what in the world is happening here? You know, the first Christmas actually began with a lot of hardship. As we read earlier in Luke chapter 2, Joseph and Mary had to leave their town of Nazareth to go down to the city of Bethlehem. And they had to travel through some rough terrain. And in those days, they didn't have trains or buses or planes or cars uh, to travel with. They, they had to either walk by foot or perhaps Mary was perched on the back of a donkey as they made that difficult journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And not only was perhaps Mary riding on a donkey through that whole time, but she was nine months pregnant. Nine months pregnant. Can you imagine that? Now, I've never been pregnant, and I don't want to ever become pregnant. I'm sure if I was pregnant, I'd be in a mad, bad mood all the time. Somebody asked, what's the difference between a pregnant woman and a terrorist? And the answer is, you can negotiate with a terrorist. Somebody else asked, what's the most common pregnancy craving? I thought it would be some kind of food, but one woman said, uh, for men to be the ones to get pregnant. Well, let me just be honest with you. Men couldn't handle pregnancy and we sure couldn't handle childbirth. What I'm telling you is that Mary and Joseph were going through a tough time on that first Christmas as they traveled through from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And then when they arrived in Bethlehem, we're told there was no room for them in the end. And so they had to give birth to their son in a stable surrounded by animals. And the, the bassinet for their little son uh, had to be the feeding trough that was there for the animals. You talk about hardship. Hardship was a part, certainly a part of that first Christmas story. All that reminds us that life 
is oftentimes filled with all kind of hardships. Jesus himself told us that would be true. He said in John 16, 33, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But thank God Jesus went on to say, but take heart because I have overcome the world. You see, Jesus's words in the Christmas story that remind us that in the midst of our trials and troubles, that's when we have to really learn how to turn to the Lord and trust in him to overcome those struggles and troubles in our lives. Another one of my favorite Christmas movies is the Charlie Brown Christmas movie. And uh, it reminded me of the story one time of when Charlie Brown was trying to console Lucy. She was having a bad day. He was trying to tell her that life is filled with ups and downs, uh, good things as well as bad things, all those kinds of things. But Lucy wasn't having any of that. She grabbed Charlie Brown by the neck of the shirt and yelled at him and said, Chuck, I don't want to hear about ups and downs. All I want to hear about are ups and ups and ups and ups. Well, we all tend to be a little like Lucy. They just want to focus on the good things in life and never really deal with the hardships and the difficulties and challenges of life. But life is filled with difficulties. Life is filled with challenges. But remember, Jesus said, be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. And the fact that Jesus has overcome the world reminds us that he can help us overcome the struggles and troubles of life when we encounter them in our lives. Some of you have been through a lot of trouble in your life this year. Uh, if you've dealt with physical problems or emotional problems or financial problems or relational problems or some other kind of problems, vocational problems, I want to encourage you this. Turn to the Lord and trust in the Lord. He's overcome the world and he can help you and me and all of us overcome the struggles and troubles of our life. So we learn from the real Christmas story that life is filled with hardships, but we also learn from the real Christmas story that the coming of Jesus brings great hope to our world. Let's go to the part of the Christmas story where it really gets good. And down in Luke chapter 2, verse 9, the Bible says, An angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds outside of Bethlehem that day, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Now, can you imagine what it must have been like to have been in those shepherds' shoes? They were just out tending their sheep on the fields outside of Bethlehem. It was dull and dreary. Nothing was happening. And all of a sudden, this glowing angel appeared in the sky. Let me ask you, do you believe in angels? Or even better, have you ever seen an angel? Some of you guys can make some points with a woman in your life right now by saying, sure, I have, I'm married to one or I'm dating one. I don't know if you've ever seen an angel, but an angel, a real angel, appeared to the shepherds in Bethlehem that day. And the message that angel spoke to those shepherds not only resonated in their hearts, but it still brings hope and comfort and cheer to our hearts in our day. Here's what the angel said to the shepherds in Luke 2, verses 10 and 11. He said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people uh, for the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. Now, what the shepherds said that day was so powerful to, uh, what the angels said that day was so powerful to those shepherds, but also so powerful to us in our day. Here's what he said. He said, first of all, since Jesus has come to our world, we are all significant to the Lord. Every single one of us is significant to the Lord. The angel said to the shepherds, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And all people means all people. It means that Jesus Christ came into the world to care for and to impact the lives, to better the lives of every single person. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your social economic status. It doesn't matter what political persuasion you are. Doesn't matter what country you come from or your family came from. The Lord Jesus came into the world to help all people. Now, a lot of people in our day and time feel like their life is not really important. 
that their lives are insignificant, that, uh, that their, their lives are unimportant. They, they've been made perhaps to feel unimportant by their parents or their siblings or friends or former friends or uh, former girlfriend or birth boyfriend or a former spouse or somebody else. A lot of people feel insignificant and unimportant in life. But the fact that Jesus came to help every person in the world reminds us that we are all special to the Lord. And as it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, he has great plans and purposes for our lives. So since Jesus came into the world, we can know we are special and significant to the Lord. But also since Jesus has come into our, our world, it means that we have a Savior for our lives. Here's what the angel said in Luke 2, 11. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. Now the word Savior there is the Greek word sotir. It literally means one who brings help deliverance and salvation to another. Actually, it refers to, uh, it refers to speaking on the kind of the help and deliverance and salvation that only God can bring to human beings in our world. And what the angel was saying to those shepherds and what the angel was saying to us is that God sent Jesus into our world to bring supernatural help and, de help and salvation and deliverance to every single one of us. You might ask, well, what did Jesus come to deliver us from? Well, the Bible says he came to deliver us from the sinfulness of our lives. Now, we need that help from the Lord because the truth of the matter is we're all sinners by nature and by choice. You may not remember this, but one time when you were a child, you were playing with some toys in your room. And another mother came over with her child to visit your mother. And that other mother put the child into the room with you. Do you remember what you did back then? That other child crawled over and picked up one of the toys that you were not playing with, but you dropped the toy you were playing with and you came over and smacked that other kid on the head and took away that toy. Why did you do that? Because we all have a sin nature in our lives. Whether we're children or teenagers or adults, we all have a sin nature that causes us to be inclined towards sinful activities, ambitions, and attitudes in our lives. But the Bible says that's not good because our sinful nature can keep us from knowing the Lord and walking with the Lord and living for the Lord, experiencing the best of the Lord, and can even keep us out of heaven if something isn't done about that. But Jesus came to do something about that. He came to save us from our sins. He came to forgive us of our sins so we can become members of His family and have the gift of eternal life. An angel had communicated that message already to Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. He said, to, the angel said to Joseph, Mary will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus also came into the world to deliver us from the strongholds of our lives. You know, lots of people not only have sin in their life, they have strongholds in their life. They struggle greatly with things like anger and bitterness and a critical spirit and depression and fear, and worry and hurt and lust and selfishness and uh, ungodliness and all kinds of things in their life. Some people struggle with addictions in their life. But there are many people here at Celebration Church who could share with you that since Jesus has come into their, our world and into their lives, they have been set free from not only the sinfulness of their life, but from the strongholds of their life as well. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Jesus came into our world to set people free. And then Jesus came into our world to deliver us from the struggles of our lives. As I mentioned earlier, almost everybody has hardships. Almost everybody goes through struggles in their life. I'm talking about physical, emotional, relational, vocational, financial, all kind of struggles in our lives. I'm talking about problems with people in our lives. It could be our children, our spouses, our neighbors, anybody in our lives, our co-workers, etc. And then because of those struggles, we oftentimes feel overwhelmed and we're overcome by the struggles and troubles of life. But Jesus came into our world 
to not only deliver us from our sinfulness and our strongholds, but to deliver us from those struggles. How do I know that? Because Jesus said so. He said in Luke chapter 4, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to announce that captives shall be released and the blind shall see and that the downtrodden shall be free from their pressures and that God is ready to give blessings to all who come to Him. The angel said to the shepherd, Jesus has come to deliver us from the struggles and the strongholds and the sinfulness of our lives. One time there was a couple who had twin boys. They looked alike, but they were completely different. And one liked sports, one liked the arts, one liked this, one liked that. One was an optimist, one was a pessimist. They decided to play a trick on them one Christmas. And, and so in the room of the pessimistic boy, they put all kind of toys and games and wondering what he would say and how he would respond. In the room of the optimistic boy, they put a bale of hay and they put a dish of water. On Christmas morning, they were awakened to the cries of their pessimistic son. They rushed into his room and he had opened a lot of his gifts and there were toys everywhere, but he was crying. They asked, what's wrong? Why are you crying? He said, look at all these toys. Some of them are going to get broken. My friends are going to want to play with them. They're going to need batteries. He just was groaning and moaning about all the toys he had received for Christmas. About that time, they heard a shout from the other room and ran into the room with a positive son, the optimistic son, and he was dancing around the bale of hay. They asked, what are you so excited about? He said, there's got to be a pony somewhere in in this house. Well, here's what we know. For the message of the angel ought to transform every one of us from pessimist to optimist because Jesus has come for every person in the world. He's come to deliver us from the sinfulness of our lives, the strongholds of our lives, the struggles of our lives. He's come to bring us joy, peace, and purpose in our lives. There's a lot more I could say, but let me just focus for a moment on the response of the shepherds to what they heard from the angel and the other angels that joined them. The Bible says in Luke 2, verses 15 and following, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in the manger. Now, we can't meet with the Lord Jesus like the shepherds did when he was a baby, but we can still connect with him in our day and time. How do we do that? We connect with Jesus by, first of all, receiving him as the Savior and Lord of our lives. Let me ask you, have you ever had a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ? For some of you, it happened in one of our Celebration Church services. For others of you, it happened in another church's service. For some of you, you were in a coffee shop and a friend was telling you about the Lord. And that's where you met the Lord. For some of you, it may have been in your home as you were kneeling beside your bed. For me, I met the Lord in a, in a dorm room in Tallahassee, Florida. When I was a drug dealer and alcoholic, I surrendered my life to Jesus. I don't know when and where you met the Lord, but here's what I want you to know. It's important to meet the Lord because you'll never experience God's forgiveness, God's freedom, God's fulfillment, or the future of heaven until you receive Jesus as the Savior of your life. We also connect our lives with Jesus by spending time with Him daily and Bible reading and prayer. And by the way, here in 2021, we're beginning a journey through the Bible that you can be a part of that will help connect you daily to the presence and peace and power of the Lord in your life. You can find information about that at celebrationchurch.org. And then we can connect with Jesus uh, by regularly being involved in church services and growth opportunities. In just a moment, somebody again is going to tell you about our transformed spiritual growth emphasis that's going to help you become stronger in your faith and in your relationship with the Lord. We're going to be learning in the next couple of weeks how to prepare for that transformed spiritual growth emphasis. So I hope you'll join us for one of our in-person or online services in the upcoming Sundays in leading into the month of January. Now I want to go back to verse 10 of Luke chapter 2. The angel said to the shepherds, don't be afraid. That's important for us to hear because so many people in our world struggle so much with fear. 
They fear losing their health or their wealth. They fear losing their sanity or their salvation. They fear losing their jobs or their joy. They fear losing their friends or their family members. Fear is the most, neg it's the most prominent negative emotion people struggle with today. And fear robs us of joy, peace, purpose, and productivity in our lives. But the angel said to the shepherds, the same message he would give to us that you don't have to be afraid any longer because Jesus, God's son, has come into our world. And when Jesus comes into our lives as well as into our world, we can overcome every fearful obstacle, uh, opponent, challenge or difficulty in our lives. The Lord says this in Joshua 1, 9. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. The coming of Jesus into our world means we no longer have to be afraid of what we will experience or encounter in this life or the next life. Because Jesus is not only coming to our world, He's coming to our lives. And because He's coming to our lives, we can overcome, again, every challenge, every difficulty, every obstacle, every opponent. We can live faith-filled lives, joy-filled lives, peace-filled lives, rather than fear-filled lives for the rest of our lives. One time there was, a, uh, there was a Christian school, like our Crescent City Christian School, that was having a, a children's Christmas play. And in that play, they were reprising the story that we read earlier from Luke chapter 2. The two children playing Mary and Joseph walked up to another child that was playing the innkeeper in Bethlehem. And they asked, do you have a room for us? And forgetting his line, forgetting that he was supposed to say, I'm sorry, there's no room in the inn. The little child playing the innkeeper said, sure, I have a room. Come on in if you want to. Well, that ended that Christmas play. But you know, what happened in that play really needs, is what needs to happen in our lives this Christmas. We need to say to the Lord, I have room for you. Come into my life, forgive me of my sins, transform my life, take over my life. And when we do, we'll have joy, peace. We'll have, we'll have God's presence and power in our life, what we've never experienced. I want to encourage you this Christmas to dedicate or rededicate your life to the Lord. In fact, I want you to bow your head with me right now. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And as they are, I want to ask you, have you really ever encountered the presence and power of Jesus Christ in your life? Have you ever fully surrendered your life to the Lord? Or if you have, are you close to the Lord at this time? If not, would you just pray with me right now? You can pray in your heart or pray out loud. Pray something like this. Pray, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for coming into the world. Today, I want to ask you to come into my life to forgive me of my sins and to begin the process of transforming my life. Take away my shame and my guilt, my hurt and my pain and fill my life with your presence, your peace, your love, your joy and the power to change. This Christmas, I want you to become the Lord and the Savior of my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Now, here's what I want you to do. I, I would like you to take your phone or tablet or computer or go to webcc.info, webcc.info. And if you will do that, you will find the My Decision tab. On the My Decision tab, you can check off that you pray to receive Jesus. You can check off you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. You can inquire about the transformed spiritual growth emphasis, all kinds of things there. There's also a place for you to share any prayer requests that you would have with us. Take a moment either right now or immediately after our communion time to go to webcc.info and let us know of your decision for today. So far, we've been reading through bits and pieces of the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. And let's return to Luke chapter 2 and verse 21, where Scripture tells us that eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. 
The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the, Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. He is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Simeon's words recognize, and they help us remember on this Christmas, we don't just celebrate the arrival of the Lord Jesus, but we look forward and celebrate the accomplishment of what his life was laid down to do, of what his body was raised up to do, to bring salvation to those who would believe in his name. And Jesus, on the last night of his life, gathered with his disciples in an upper room where they shared one final meal. And Jesus broke bread and held his cup. And as we prepare to take communion, I'd encourage you in your home, make sure you've got a piece of bread or, or something handy or some juice or some water. Remember, it's not the elements themselves that are holy, it's that they represent the Lord. Now, as Jesus broke the bread, he told his disciples, this bread represents my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat. And in a similar manner, he held his cup and he told his disciples, this blood, this, this cup represents my blood, the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you. Take and drink. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the life that you lived. We thank you for the hope and the light that you have brought into our world through your life, but even more so through your death and resurrection, through your saving power. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your faithfulness. And as we celebrate Christmas, Lord, we're reminded that no matter how dark our world may be, no matter how challenging times may be, there's always hope because you came to rescue us. So Lord Jesus, this is your day. We celebrate you, we honor you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, make sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. Again, thanks for listening to the Celebration Church Podcast.